Okay, so <clears throat> I'm just laying here in bed and I'm trying to listen to gospel music so that I can remain in the presence of the Lord. And I'm just being fought and I'm just like, what is going on? It's like all of this. Like, I think it's like nine people. It got to be like almost nine, ten people. Who keep putting their hands on me. They just keep putting their hands on me. And they keep trying to force me to be raped. They keep trying to force me into a position to be raped. By my sister. And by other women. And men. And um. I've already been in a position where it felt as if I was being stumped out. By millions of men and women. They've already stumped me like and and tried to kill me and like just did me the worst and I was just like fighting all these men and all these women and so I can beat them I know that I can beat them but you know it feels like it's not just about beating them it's about helping them because they are in a very very bad situation and I fear for them I feel bad for them And I want to see everybody succeed and prevail past all of this and have a life. I don't want anybody to die. I don't want anybody to lose their livelihoods. I don't want anybody to, you know, die in suffering or continue to suffer or be tortured. But here I am. And it's placed in this position where I'm forced to be raped. I'm forced to be raped and I don't know what to do. I really don't know what to do because it's these individuals who are trying to kill me. They're trying to ruin my life. They're trying to get me to commit suicide, trying to murder me because I'm speaking out about sexual assault and being sexually assaulted. And I keep trying to reach for God and I keep trying to reach for the Lord and I keep praying. But it's like I'm being fought in so many different ways. Everywhere I go, they just, you know. They just gather people to jump me and to hurt me. And then they lie on me. They spread rumors about me. They drag my name through the mud. They torture me all day and all night. I can never get no sleep. I go to sleep and I sleep and I sleep and I sleep. Like it's a spirit of slumber on me. But I pray and I try to be in the Lord's presence even as I nap. I wake up feeling like I haven't got any sleep at all. And this is going on for the past two years. The only night of sleep that I got was the night of the deliverance of my sister. And they told me that she ran right back into the witchcraft. And that, um, that's why that was the only night of sleep I got. They told me to run that night. But how am I supposed to run when it feels like the Lord has brought me here on assignment. He said, my assignment is to revise the people here. How am I supposed to run away from my assignment? Like, I don't know what to do. Like, at this point, I am so tortured. I'm trying to find fulfillment and release in God. And these individuals, I'm trying to help them. But they just keep trying to hurt me. And I don't know when it will end or where it will stop or where it will end. I don't know. Satan has already tried to kill these individuals. 
And so now I'm just wondering, like, what will happen now? I feel like in the beginning of this process, somebody said that if you stay away from her and you hide, in 24 hours they have promised to kill her if she cannot find you. If she cannot find you in 24 hours after you hide from her, they have promised to kill her. And so why not just hide from her so she'll just die? I can't do that. And I can't hide from my assignment. I can't hide from my destiny. They really want me to hide. And Satan has set this up in such a way that he wants me to hide from my destiny so he can keep me from it. He really wants me to crawl into a corner and hide. And then if I do that, I'll be kept from the position that the Lord has called me to be in. They want me to be afraid of them. They want me to show fear. And they want me to crawl into a corner and hide. And um, and just hide from my destiny and hide from my future. And hide from my power so that they can walk away with it. So they can take all that the Lord has given me. So that they can just go and abuse it and use it in wicked ways. I cannot do that. I can't go and hide. Because I realize when I'm doing that. What they're doing is they're taking my things and they're going to use my different things. And I'm still being held accountable because you cannot have a form of a godliness and deny the power thereof. So I cannot allow them to just take it and do whatever they want to do with it. I have to fight them back for it. But I was just laying here and I was just reminded when I was a kid. When I was a kid, I was invited to this hotel party, this slumber party at a hotel with girls, all girls. Some were way older, some were young like me. I had to be like eight years old. And um, <clears throat> we were all watching a Bratz movie. And um, it was our neighbor that invited us. But when I got invited, it was the first hotel summer party or summer party ever I'd ever been to. When I was there, my sister was sitting next to this girl that we had just met there. And I didn't even know her. But um, she was a cousin, I guess, of the girl who invited us. But um, I was sitting on the other side of them and I was trying to watch the brass movie. I don't know, we was giving snacks and all kind of stuff. They were playing and doing little, like, footsie games and stuff like that. I didn't think much of it. But then my sister, she got up, and she was like, um, you sit by her. She kind of, like, made me sit over there next to her, and she kind of just stood at a distance and watched. And this girl, she just kept touching me in my private parts. She kept touching my vagina, she kept touching my butt. And she just kept touching me all over. And I was like, stop touching me. At first, I thought, like, she's not trying to really touch my butt. She's not really trying to put her finger in my butt or put her finger in my vagina. Like, she's too young to know anything about that. We're too young to know anything about that. I'm really not thinking anything of it until she kept doing it. And it seemed deliberate that her hand was going there. I'm like, what it like? At first, I was lifting up to see what am I sitting on. I was sitting on things like toys and snacks. So I got everything from up under me. The blanket even I tried, but the blanket was all the way underneath everybody. It was like a little cot. I kept trying to move this stuff from up under me. Like, what is she reaching for? But she still kept touching me. And she kept touching me. 
And then I said something like, why are you touching my private? Why are you touching me? Stop touching me. And she was just like laughing and giggling like, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, like, da, 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 like, this is how we're playing. She thought it was a game, too. And that's why I really didn't think much of it at first. But, she, you know, for a second, I just sat there. But then I was just like, I can't keep letting her touch me like that. It's so weird. So I start pushing her off of me, but she just kept touching me, and I kept pushing her off of me. And she kept touching me, and I was like, okay. And I try to move. I sat at a distance from her for a while. She scooted over. It was different stuff going on, but all I know is like it just didn't seem like she knew. He like genuinely understood what she was doing. But I understood that she was supposed to be touching me there because my dad had already taught me don't ne- don't ever let nobody touch your private parts. So, and he taught all of us that. But um, I got up. I didn't know what to do. I screamed at her in front of everybody. Do not touch my private parts. I don't want you to touch my private parts. And everybody stopped watching a movie for a second. It was a room full of little girls. Everybody stopped look, watching a movie for a second and looked at us like, what did she, she just say? Did she just say stop touching my private parts? And the girl, she sat there like, she didn't know what was going on. And then, after everybody went back to doing what they were doing, because at that point, I'm like, okay, it doesn't seem like she knows what's going on. Like, I don't know what's going on. She commenced, she commenced to keep touching my private parts, so I just didn't know what to do. I felt like nobody was helping me. Like, I just felt like I was being raped and abused, so I got up, and I ran into the room with the adults, because we were all in, like, this living room. It was, like, a suite. It was a really nice hotel. I ran into the room with the adults, all the mothers. It was all mothers. I ran in there, and I said, hey, hey, nobody was listening to me at first. It was so loud, so I went, and I tapped on a woman. I didn't know who it was. I just tapped on her. And she said, what's wrong? You want some snacks? You want something else? You good? I was like, no. That girl in there, she keeps touching my private parts. I keep telling her to stop touching my private parts. I don't know if she knows what she's doing, but I I asked her to stop. She just keeps touching my private parts. So she was like, she looked at the lady. She looked at the women in there. What? Did you hear what she said? She said somebody's touching my private parts. What? Are you... Who is this little girl? It's like, that's the neighbor of, you know, such and such. It's her neighbor. It's like, what? Are you sure you, like, I'm like, yes. She was like, who? I went and I pointed her out. And that's when her mother was right there. She was laying in the bed. Her mother was there. Her mother didn't come. Her mother was there, though. Her mother was like, What? And she went and got her daughter and she put her in a corner and she screamed at her. And she said, you stay in this corner. Who taught you that? You know, you don't touch people's private parts. Who, where did you get this from? You know, we don't do things like this. And I was thinking to myself, my dad always taught me if people touch or abuse you, say they've been touched or abused before. So it was just, I was like, that lady must be lying. Like she, maybe she's covering up abuse that this girl is dealing with at home. But she really seemed so, like, surprised. Like, she even almost looked at me like I was lying. And so that's what made me feel like we got the same reaction. Like, all three of us got the same reaction. Even your daughter has the same reaction. Like, she don't really know what's going on either. Like, 
I don't know if she just didn't seem like the type that had been abused before. She didn't. And I'm just laying here. And somebody brings that up. And they're saying, your sister always been gay. Your sister always been gay. She's always been like that. That time when that little girl was touching her private parts, she sent her on you. That's why she was sitting next to her first. And she wasn't, you was wondering why she wasn't saying nothing. She never said nothing. She never went and got nobody. Because that's what they were over there doing. And um, that's really not the only time either. It was another time. I got older. Just a little bit, a couple more years. And um, I went to have a sleepover at one of her friend's house. And her friends start pulling down their pants and running around in the apartments, touching each other's private parts and doing all kinds of really freaky gay stuff. We were way too young for that. We were in elementary school. And for a second, I saw my sister get really mad at her because I was like, what? Like, okay, let's do something else. At first, I thought we were just playing a game, just being kids. But then I was like, no, let's do something else. But every time we, you know, was trying to change the games, I don't think we being spontaneous. Let's change the different games. You know, all type of different games we could be playing don't have to always be, you know, footsie and touchy stuff. When I tried to change the games, it always kept getting changed back to that game. Touching each other privates and stuff. Humping each other, all kind of little gay stuff. And, um... All I know is, I said something like, okay, like, that's a, little, that's, a much, that's a little much. And she was all over me like it was normal. It was okay. Like, that's just kind of like what we're into or something. Like, she assumed that's what I do. And I was so caught off guard. But um, then I said something kind of in a way, like, I kind of, like, was like, okay, that's a little far. Kind of, like, you know, expressed my discomfort and... That's when this, um, my sister, she, um, she got mad at her. She got real mad at her. Like, why would you tell her what, no, I don't want to do it with her. Don't do it with her. Why would you do it when she's around? Different stuff like that. I caught the end of the conversation. I was like, wait, what? Like, y'all are acting kind of, you know? They would leave me out of things. They would leave me out of stuff. But when she did that, I was like, y'all are kind of acting like, like y'all are up to something, you know? Like, yo, you wasn't acting like this is not okay. You were acting like it's not okay when she's around. It's not okay to, for her, you know, type thing. Like, I didn't want her to know type thing. But it was, like, always gay stuff. We went to the summer parties, and it kind of, like, traumatized me a little. But, um, all I know is, you know, um, we got older, and my mother, she started texting boys from our high school pretending to be my sister trying to get her a boyfriend when she did that my sister got really mad my mom 
she kind of came right out and said it. Like, well, she didn't. I don't know if she came right out and said it at first. My sister was like, why are you doing that? Stop texting him. You are, you are embarrassing. You are embarrassing me. He thinks that it's me. I know why you're doing it. You're doing that because you think I'm gay. And she was like, you and Katrina are gay with, with each other. And that's her friend. Y'all are gay with each other. You need a boyfriend. And um, at that time, I didn't see it as a really big deal. I really didn't see it as a really big deal because I thought, you know, mom never does that with me, though. She never does that with me. She's never texted a boy from me. So I really don't see her as being like a really like, you know, I didn't think that that was abusive in nature. I didn't think she was being abusive or pushy or overbearing or anything. My mom is really not like that. Not really. So I didn't know what that was. I'm like, I know mom. Mom's not really like that. She did that. She probably had a good reason. But Zaya being gay, I just don't think that she's gay. And so, I don't know. Um, That was that. It was weird. I caught that. I caught the end of that conversation. And I was just like, I don't know. I don't think it's a big deal. Actually, she had already expressed interest in this guy. She's the one who gave him the number. My mom didn't just get the boy's number on her own. She was already texting him. Not that that's okay. I'm just saying, like... It wasn't like she didn't like the guy, so I know what the real big deal was. But I said that's her business. She don't. She got a big problem with that. That's her. She got her reasons. They both probably got their reasons, whatever. But um, my mom started to really dislike her friend because she said that they were gay. They were girlfriends. My sister would come to me sometimes and say, "I don't know if I want to hang out with such and such because she acts so jealous, like she's my girlfriend." And I was thought to myself, do any of my friends ever do that? Is that, like, normal in a relationship with your friend that's a girl for them to act jealous when you have other friends? I just started thinking that it was. It just didn't really happen with me. You know, my friends sometimes used to act a little jealous, I guess, somewhat, somehow, a little bit, kind of, in a way. But um, not really, like, not like how she was saying it, like, overbearing, like she was her girlfriend. And when she said it, I was like, you really, like, I never, I don't know if I never suspected it, but it really didn't come off as she was gay and she liked girls. It really didn't come off that way. But one day I slept over her friend's house that my mom thought she was gay with. And um, I slept over there. My car had gotten towed. I didn't have nowhere to go that day. I just missed a party. I was going to hang out with guys, different things, different stuff like that. I slept over her house, and she just kept pushing her butt up on me, and she kept, like, almost kind of, like, trying to cuddle with me like we were supposed to do some gay stuff together. And I just thought to myself, like, you know, you act like you do that already with, with my sister. You act like y'all always do gay stuff every time she comes sleep over, and she sleeps over a lot. But why, you know, the fact that you assumed it was, you you do that with me, you know? And there was even an instance when I was a kid, we took a bath together. We had to take baths together. We were only one year apart. And, like, she did some gay stuff with me. And I felt, like, dirty all over. 
I really did. I felt dirty up underneath my skin. My skin was crawling. I felt so dirty. And, um, like, I don't know. We just never did that again. We just, like, never did that again. And, like, I don't know. Like, that always, like, creeped me out. It kind of freaked me out. It scared me. It traumatized me for a while because I was, like, me and my sister not really that close. We fight a lot, but that is my sister. And, like, I don't know. I don't know, but it didn't really strike me as like that. She didn't have a lot of boyfriends, but I didn't think that was because she couldn't get one. I didn't think that was because she didn't want one. Not, I mean, well, yeah, but not really. But all I know is I'm laying here in bed. And there's talking about it. Yeah, you've been gay. Duh. Like, you know, that that time at the hotel party, you got her raped. You got her raped by that little girl. You did that. You been like that. This how you been. You know? And I don't know how to feel because it's like they're saying it like, you know, all of a sudden, just because she decided she wanted to be gay and get me raped, I'm supposed to sit here and be gay and get raped. They're saying it like that's okay. And now they even got, you know, it feels like LGBTQ community is standing behind this and kind of in a way support in support of raping me. Of allowing her to rape me or getting over. Like, they're trying to cover this up. They're trying to get her to get away with this. In a way, they're trying to make this okay. Like, they're trying to... Like, they're really trying to force me into some sort of submission of... Not exposing that her and NBA Youngboy raped me. And that they continue to try and rape me and make me gay. Using witchcraft. And spiritual, like, fighting me in spiritual, you know, all kind of spiritual warfare and stuff like that. Um, all kinds of weird stuff has happened. I had shown up in a vision with NBA Youngboy. At first, it was a guy that I actually dealt with or dated, but then it turned into him towards the end of the vision. And Janiel was just standing there like we were having a threesome. And, like, these are divisions I can't even help being in. Like, I fight them, but I can't help being in them. And, you know, no matter how much I express my discomfort or unwillingness to participate, they still force themselves on me. I feel that I've heard these different individuals speaking in multiple times calling each other wife. Saying, that's my wife. That's my wife. First, I thought she was referring to me. But I was like, she's not talking to me because I'm not nobody's wife. Perry, I'm nobody's wife, and it's just weird to me. You know, all kind of weird stuff going on. But um, now with this situation being what it is, you know, it's like these individuals are somehow in a way trying to support the covering up of my rape and some, trying to somehow force me into being gay. And you know what? The funniest, craziest part about this is that, you know, um, in reality, like, my whole life, I really was battling with the idea that people think that, oh, I don't like being around gay dudes because they just going to try to start touching on you and make you gay. Or they'll say, I don't like being around gay girls because they're going to try to rape you and make you gay. They're just going to they gonna try to convert you. they always trying to turn people out and, um, then I just didn't like the idea of that because I said that's so unfair for you to 
judge all gay people and think that just because they gay that they gonna try and turn you out but I wondered it how true that was I wonder how true that was and I would hate to assume that's the fact concerning homosexuality but I think that it's starting to be proven more true than, than not oftentimes homosexuals do often a lot of times they oftentimes are trying to you know convert like I just never understood like they're always they're trying to turn people out I never understood like in the process of homosexuals you know different things like that different things that would be happening is um I just never understood how you know um they would be like I'm att- I'm attracted to straight guys. I only date straight guys. And it's like what type of sense does that make you're homosexual? Why would you not date homosexuals? Why are you only attracted to straight guys? Because you have this demon inside of you that has possessed you to feel as if it's okay to convert more people like you're a recruiter. Satan has turned you into a recruiter to recruit more people into homosexuality. So that you may drag their souls down the hill. You don't understand that you are possessed, but you are. And I know that. And so now what I'm dealing with right now is different individuals who are trying to bully me. Literally trying to fight me and stump me and rape me into being gay. And they somehow feel like that's going to stand. Because, oh, all of a sudden I'm put out of my apartment. All of a sudden, you know, I don't have no help and I'm about to be homeless. And if I don't be gay, I'm not going to get nothing back. I'm I'm going to suffer and, you know, all this other stuff. They're going to keep trying to kill me. They're going to try to take everything away from me. I'm going to suffer. I'm going to be tortured if I'm not gay with them. And it's not going away. They're following me. They're torturing me. They are watching me. They are... Everywhere I go, they like they're stalkers. They're stalking me spiritually and in the flesh, I believe. Because the last few hotels I've had, I've seen spirits. Like, I've seen people walking in them and walking around them. But I said, maybe it's a spirit. I don't know. How could they have gotten in? You know? How could anybody be in here? You know, how could anybody have snuck in here? Different things like that. Like, I'll barricade the door, all kinds of stuff. They'll still be, you know, like, in my room. And it's so weird to me. But, um... At this point, I don't know what to do. Because I can't go to the police. Because I've tried to call the police. And I've tried to file harassment charges. I've tried to go to police and everything. They don't come. They don't show up. They don't do nothing. The police is not doing anything about this. Because apparently she's associated herself with different individuals in witchcraft that are protecting her. Protecting her from the police. Protecting her from all these things. Protecting her from rape charges. Protecting her from all this stuff. And here I am in this situation feeling like I'm just by myself. All these people trying to somehow turn me out or get me to sell my soul to death or to Satan. For a baby because they've taken my ability to have children and, you know, put a disease on me. 
use witchcraft to put a disease on me. They've doing all this stuff. They've done these things, but I'm still not fully protected because there are different individuals in this situation that side with me on certain things. But overall, they're still trying to turn me out and make me gay and make me be in some sort of gay relationship with them where I'm somehow comfortable with homosexuality. I've never been a homosexual. I'm not homosexual. I kissed a girl once and I went home and I scrubbed in the shower for hours. I felt dirty all over, all underneath my skin. It's like I couldn't get the dirt off of me. I think that that is an indication of something that you're not, something that you're not into. Like, it's like, that's just not you. It's dirty. I feel like that was God, actually. That was God, like, showing me, like, that's what that is. That's demonic possession. But um, this is very real for me because they're actually trying to kill me. They really are trying to kill me. And in this way, they're almost trying to introduce the idea. Well, why don't you just be gay? Why don't you just go along with it? Why won't you just sell yourself to the devil? Why won't you just get with it instead of killing yourself? I'd rather die. I'm okay. I'd rather die, though, you know? I really would rather be dead because what do I look like being something I'm not? I'm not, I'm not about to be made homosexual because somebody else like that's not my decision that's not my choice i'm not going to judge you for doing it that's you i don't agree with it but that i still love people i'm not going to judge you for being homosexual but the fact that you know these different individuals you know expect for me to somehow be made gay and these different individuals are really trying to rape me into being gay and they think that that's going to work that's actually going to work out for them like, I don't know what to do because I'm too I'm too exhausted fighting all these people. I'm too exhausted dealing with these different things. And these people are trying to somehow side with the, the rapist. They're trying to side with the rapist as if that's okay. And they're trying to force me into being gay. And I don't like being backed into a corner because then I really start to behave, you know, in a way like I have to fight for life or death. My whole life, she has beaten me up. She really has beaten me up. She won the fights. But this day, I woke up in the spirit. Her and my cousin woke me up out of bed, pulled me out of bed, and they were pulling me somewhere. And I was like, where are y'all taking me? They wouldn't answer. They were being nasty with me, though. Like, oh, shut up, B, and all kind of stuff like that. Like, different stuff like that. Attitudes like, you know, I'm their slave or something. Like, I'm just supposed to go where they pull me after they pull me out of bed and it don't feel right. And then I was like, they just start attacking me. They both just start putting their hands on me. They just start both fighting me and trying to, like, hem me up and trying to, like, you know, like, tie me up in a way. But, um, I was like, um... What are they doing? What are y'all doing? And then somebody jumped. Somebody, I think it was the Lord, because I saw a light. He was like, they're trying to kill you. And I was like, oh, this is not real. Then it felt real. You know, this is real. And it felt real. So I started fighting for my life. I beat both of them up at the same time. Both of them used to be able to beat me on their own. 
one of them almost choked me up on the wall. I almost, I feel like I was going to die. But that was after we fought for a long time. Like we kept fighting. We already had been, like, you know, a close match. But I could never fight neither one of them like they were girls, strangers off the street. Or really, I don't even think I could fight strangers like that. I'm really not that kind of person. I can't fight to the death, you know. But um, they used to try and fight me like that, and I knew it was a pride thing. So I didn't push it that far. I didn't let it ever go that far with me. I would just be like, I'll just get beat up then, whatever. i just take the abuse instead of getting to a point where we almost got to kill each other, you know, or we'll have to kill each other to stop this fight. But um, I always knew if it ever came down to it, I could win. But it wasn't about winning for me. I knew it was about so much more for them. They had so much different things against me. It wasn't just about winning that battle. It was about what that would do to them. I knew that if I ever won in a fight, that they would really be trying to kill me. For real, in real life, they would try and kill me because they couldn't stand to lose at a battle. And as I said, I already know I would win. That means that even if you try to kill me, I'm going to have to kill you. I don't want to have to kill them. So I just let myself be abused all those years. I let them talk about me. I let them do whatever they did. I let them think I can't fight. And it was not because I was planning this big comeback one day. One day I'm just going to rise up and I'm just going to kill you. No, it's like I hope that one day we can get old enough that we have grown past whatever it is that is provoking these fights and these battles. We can get more mature. We'll get closer to the Lord. We'll get over it. We'll grow and learn to coexist properly. We can be better. We can be saved. This can be prevented. I was hoping that it would never have to happen. But it seems as if the Lord is exposing how it was just inevitable. And so I woke up that day and they were trying to tie me up. And I didn't know what that was taking me. But he's like, I don't know. Like, I, I feel the spirit said they're trying to kill you. So I start fighting them. When I start fighting them, they started really trying to handle me like they could. I start fighting for my life. And I beat both of them down at one time. And um, when I beat them down, only one of them was surprised. My sister, she was surprised. She had truly convinced herself that I couldn't beat her. But my cousin, I looked her dead in her face. And she knew that was going to happen. She knew... She knew I could beat both of them up at once. She knew it already. She already knew. And she was looking like, man, I knew this was going to happen. Dang. You know, what did I sign up for, you know? And then I heard her say, get the syringe. And then I realized in the spirit, like it was different things were being downloaded, like different things was being revealed to me. My sister, she never was going to bring a sedate, a sedation, some sort of drug to sedate me. She was never going to bring that. But my cousin convinced her to bring it. She convinced her to bring it. She was like, we ain't going to need it. You could be, we could both beat her up alone by ourselves one-on-one. We, if, if it's both of us, she, we definitely not going to need this. But she was like, 
oh, you're right, but just bring it. Because she just didn't want to admit that she knew I could be both of them up at once. And that this would be the day we found out about it. And so she convinced her to bring it. And she brought it just in case. And right before they put me out that bed, she convinced her to have it ready right there. So you could just grab it. But she was just like, she couldn't admit that she knew that was going to happen. And she knew she could have got beat up that whole time. Because then she would have to admit that she was taking advantage of the fact that I didn't want to go that far with them. And I let them beat me up. Because I care for them. Because I love them. And I don't want to have to kill neither one of them. I knew it would get to that point. We were going to have to kill each other. And the whole time I tried to avoid that. Why would I want to kill my sister or my cousin? We're blood. I don't even want to have to kill a stranger. I don't want to have to kill nobody. My grandmother has killed before. And my dad said, I'm just like her. I don't want to have to kill nobody. I'm such a good person. I try and avoid fights. Most people say, I couldn't bust a grape. I couldn't harm a fly. I don't go after people. I mind my business. I stay out the way. I really don't try to hurt people. Yes, maybe I got a smart mouth sometimes, but that's only when people come for me first. I really stay out the way. I don't bother nobody. I don't pick fights. So, yes, I tried to avoid that being that way because I knew it would end up like that. But now it's getting to this point where now they got an audience and everybody just sitting around rooting this on as if we're not family, as if we're not blood, as if that's not, you know... You can't take that back. When you kill somebody, when they're gone, they're gone forever. You can't take that back. Are you sure that's what you want? I know you caught up in all the hate and rage that you have for me for years. But are you sure and confident that you will never regret that decision? If you truly killed me. Because I know that that's not what I want to do. No matter how far this individual pushed me. Even to the point where you've already been trying to kill me. You're trying to kill me. I still don't want to kill you. I still already know that if you was gone forever, you know, I don't know. Now I don't know because, like, you're trying to kill me and it's like I don't have a choice. So I don't know what to say now. But, um, it feel like I already know what's going to happen. Like, and I'm doing everything I can to prevent this from going that direction. Then there's other individuals who are in a way supporting this individual winning. They don't want me to win because if I win, they lose control over me. And they don't get to abuse and rape me anymore. And, you know, Maybe I'll come out with my story. Maybe I'll expose them. Maybe they'll be arrested. Maybe they'll have to face judgment as well. So they're protecting her. And my older brother, he sexually abused me as a child. And so he's helping her. Because he's afraid of what will happen. And I just feel so alone in this situation. My mom is not doing anything. My dad must have some sort of sick, perverted 
you know, fantasy of raping his daughter because that's he's just in on it. And my brother, too. All of them. The only one that helps me sometimes is my second to oldest brother. But he kind of just is in on it, too. I really don't have nobody out of all these people. Like, they just want to see me die. They all want to see me dead. And they feel like, you know, they all just like you're outnumbered. So I just feel like I'm just supposed to die and they just get to move on, you know, with their lives. After what they did to me, they just get to get away with it, I guess. That's what it feel like. That's what they want. That's their dream ending. That's their happy ending. I get killed, I die. And they get away with all that they've done to me. But I trust God. I pray to God. God, please don't make me have to be the person I know that I will be headed in the direction of being the kind of person that can murder can kill, can really kill somebody. I don't want to kill nobody, Lord. I don't want, I don't want to be this person. I know it's in me. I know it's in me. I don't want it in me. I want that gone. I want to be a good person. I want to be free. I want to be spared from this stuff. Show mercy on my future, Lord. You can see it in me. I know you see it in me. Prune it. And so I think this is the process of that. But the Lord told me when I was 12 years old, I forgive murderers. He just straight up said it. He said, I forgive murderers. He said, murderers go to heaven. Murderers can go into heaven. I forgive murderers. That's what God said to me. And I didn't know why he was saying that, but I did. Because why would God ever say that to you, a kid? And I said, no, God, no. Please protect me. Please help me. Please keep me from murdering. I don't want to murder nobody. I don't want to have to live with that. I don't want to be a murderer, God. I don't want to be a murderer. I don't want you to have to forgive me for murder. But he said it. He said, I forgive murder. And I said, God, why are you saying this to me? Did I ask you, like, would all you forgive or something? Like, what's the worst thing that you've had to forgive? Have I asked you that and not known it or something? Like, why are you saying this to me? He said, I forgive murder. Murderers go to heaven. That's all he said. And I sat there with my Bible Not even being able to soak in none of the words in the Bible. I was reading it, but none of it made sense to me. And I was begging for a better understanding. Like, God, was, help me understand this Bible. I want to know you. I want to go to church. I want a church family. I want to grow up in a church. I want to be in there all the time if I can. Every Sunday. Lord, I want to be in the choir. And I'm shy. I don't really like singing in front of people, even though I can. 
but I just want to do it for the Lord. And then he says, I forgive murderers. So off topic, so random. But maybe not for him, because he knows everything. And I knew what he was saying. And I was saying, like, I know you already knew that was in me. I know you already knew the whole time. I know you already knew. Because everybody used to say, I won't bust a fly. And every single time, you knew. You just knew. I know you knew it. I felt it. You knew it. And I ran to you. And I asked you to protect me and help me so I never be that way. So I can never have to go that direction. I don't ever want to have to hurt nobody. Please don't let me Please don't let me ha- end up like that. Don't let that happen to me. And like, I just don't want him to fail me on that. And when he said that, I kind of got so mad. I almost wanted to put the Bible down forever. Because I said to myself, I'm asking you, I already know, I already know, and I'm asking you to keep me and protect me. You said you can do anything. I'm asking you to help me to never harm nobody and never have to be pushed that limit. And you're pretty much telling me right now, that's what's going to happen. Like my prayers ain't working or something. And I don't know what to do. So I was kind of mad. I almost got mad, real mad. But I was just like, but look on the bright side. God gonna forgive you. He gonna forgive you and he love you enough to tell you now. I guess, I mean, I wanted him to love me enough that he don't let that happen to me. It gets to that point where somebody is pushing me to murder and he pulls me out and he protects me. He saves me. He delivers me miraculously so I don't ever have to go through that and I don't ever have to happen. to do because I don't want to take it out on other people that don't deserve it I don't want nobody that's been in this situation like if I'm able to exceed or prevail past this situation I just don't want nobody who been in it because ain't none of these people have my back none of them and now I wonder if it's ever if the, if there's anybody left in the world it's like the whole world here. Is it going to be anybody left in the world to have after that? I just got to be alone forever too. I prayed against that. Like I need my prayers answered. And so I feel like I'm pressing on to God. I'm pressing on to him. Like, Lord, I need this blessing. And then it's, it's the one, like, you know, it's the it's the individuals that it's like out of everybody, you know. It's so cliche. It's so expected. It's so heard of. It's so, you know, it's so predictable. All of it is predictable. 
I don't want to be that. I don't want to be predictable. I don't want to be cliche. I don't want it to, my my situation to be heard of. I want to be exclusive. It's all too too expected. I don't want to be expected. I want an unexpected blessing. I want an unexpected future. I want an unexpected destiny. I don't want that. That's too basic. She grew up bullying you your whole life. She pushed you to the point of having to murder her. She tried to kill you, okay. You she pushed you over the edge and you killed her. That's so expected. I don't care what you say. It might sound like I don't know, that type of stuff doesn't happen in my boring family. Whatever. It's expected. It's too expected. And I'm tired of it. And I don't want that. And I don't want nobody around me somehow trying to encourage that. Because I feel like different individuals have somehow inserted themselves in a way where they're saying, I'm going to bully you into accepting that and not wanting something supernatural or miraculous or out of their ordinary like they're jealous of or something. But in reality, you're supposed to say, well, these are your friends. These are the people who really care about you. No, you don't care about me. Because if you cared about me, you would see how bad I want this to go a different direction. And you would support that. That's what it's like when you really love somebody. You would help me. You would never try and force that down that direction no matter how right you think that you are it's not what I want I don't care how right you think you are I don't care how right anybody think they are except God I only care that he is right just because he just is that's it that's the only reason but he's given me an opportunity to he's given me an opportunity to avoid it and so I'm doing everything that I can I don't know it sound crazy or dumb or whatever, but I'm just trying to avoid it. Violence is not the answer. You don't have to murder somebody to get rid of something. Maybe you can accept the hard things, fight for people, because when they're gone, they're gone forever. You can never take that back. And you won't ever realize the seriousness or severity of it possibly until after they're gone. So why not realize it now? Because when they're gone, you can't get them back. You don't get to realize that and take it all back and wake up like it's some crazy dream. That's real. I don't want it to go that far. The Lord has shown me murdering someone already. I don't want that. I don't want to go to jail for the rest of my life. Even though he didn't even show me going to jail for the rest of my life. I don't know. Some people see this as a get away, get out of jail free card. They like the Lord is letting you get away with murder. Why would you not take that free ticket, that free opportunity to be free of something that has been plaguing and harming you your whole life? Because do you think the Lord would give somebody a ticket that really felt that way? That really was like that, like. I wish I had a get out of jail free card where I could just murder somebody and I could like just get away with it. I mean the Lord gonna forgive any murderer, but it's almost in a way like the Lord is saying, you know. But for you it's different. You know? 
I don't know. I know it's not different, but he he doesn't show favoritism. But I hope I'm explaining this correctly. Pretty much what I'm saying is I don't know. It's not different for nobody. He forgive any murder, anybody forgive anything and everything. And he'll forget about it. He's the same guy yesterday, today, and forever. He's not different for nobody. But I know what I mean. Excuse me, I know what I mean. But as I've said, you know, the situation got to where it is. Individuals continuously want to push me over a limit. I'm doing all that I can to remain strong. I don't know how strong I'm supposed to be. I'm going to keep fighting. I'm going to keep running to the Lord, hiding in the shadow of his wings, allowing his name to be my strong tower, and fighting these demons off of me because I don't want Satan to take my family. At the end of the day, it seemed logical. It seemed like it made sense, but in reality, it's just a plot of Satan. He's like, I want to take one of y'all. And the Lord always reminded me how blessed I am because he ain't never allowed Satan to take none of us. So he ain't about to start now. And I feel like I'm getting down to the root of things. Where I'm starting to realize this all been planted my whole life. It's all been a, a plot on my whole life. He's schemed my whole life to keep me from my destiny. And he thinks he's going to be able to do that because of this very difficult thing that he is doing in my life. He's probably already pleaded to God and said, she's your most loyal and faithful servant until you do everything that she's prayed against, everything that she's asked that you keep her from. I bet you if you make that happen, she'll curse your name. She'll give up on you. She'll walk away from you forever. Then you'll see how loyal and faithful she really is to you. How devoted she really is to you. I bet you he's already pleaded over my life to God. He can't win. The Lord has already declared victory over my life. He won't keep me from my destiny. They've already done as much as they possibly can to me. I don't want to say that too soon. But they've done all that they've done. And I'm still here. So... And I haven't heard nobody. And the Lord used me as a vessel to deliver my sister. Instead of allowing Satan to kill her, even though she got herself into a situation. I took responsibility for her when I didn't have to. And now, I know that we can both be saved. Neither one of us have to go. None of us have to go. None of us have to die. No matter what we've done to each other. It can all be forgiven and we can move forward. We can move past it. I can become stronger than it. All of these situations Satan has tried to set me up and trap me into. The Lord can make me stronger. I can prevail past it. We can win. We don't have to lose nobody. And the Lord has reminded me earlier today, you are a general. You are a general. You are a leader of the Lord's army. Well, God is the general of his own army. But you are a general in this army. And 
you don't have you need to be a general. You don't have to lose not one soldier. If you were really be that good, be that good that you don't gotta lose nobody. You don't gotta lose nobody. And the people that you love are not necessarily fighting on the opposite side. Know who's on your team in a way, you know. I saw a post that said, God's not going to bless you until every snake is gone out of your circle. But I thought it, I felt that it was a plot twist that Satan was throwing me a curveball. Because he want me to think they snakes in my circle because they're trying to kill me. But, of course, that's so easy. No discernment is needed for that. Everything that they do and everything that they being, oh, they obviously enemies, duh. Where's the discernment in that? So why would he give me the spirit of wisdom and discernment if I wasn't even going to need it? Discernment is seeing past all of that. I know who my family is. We love each other. We've only had each other in the most struggle situations. We are not enemies. We're not fighting on opposite sides. We don't have to kill each other. That's a plot of the enemy. Divide and conquer. Turn them against their own army. Get them to kill each other. And you will never have to. How do you win a war without ever going to to battle? Make them kill each other. He's not going to succeed because I have the Lord here and he's giving me the spirit of wisdom and discernment. He's not going to take the people that I love and I'm going to keep fighting because I know regardless of everything that's been done here, everything that we're going through, we don't want to lose each other. It may not even take years down the line. We might realize it immediately. That was not the way to go. It was not us. So we can't let Satan possess us to do stuff like that. I'm not a murderer, and my prayers are being answered. And throughout this entire process, even though it feels like I know the Lord said I forgive murder, he said that to me. And I don't know why he said that my whole life. And I don't even want to accept that it was for the reason that I'll be one. I never have, and I don't never want to. But, um... He's a, he's a light. He's a, he is a light. He will guide me out of the darkness. He will guide each and every single last one of us out of the darkness. None of us have to die. None of us have to be sacrificed in this process. And yes, it's struggle. It's struggle. It's very, it's very frustrating what I'm going through. But I got to be stronger. I got to get stronger. I have to be prepared. I got to keep fighting. I got to trust that God's going to deliver me. He's going to deliver all of us. We don't have to fight to the death. The whole time throughout this process, I kept saying they, they're, they're, they're somehow feeding off of it. Like they are getting off on pitting me and my sister against each other. They're trying to ruin a sister-sister relationship. They want us to fight to the death. And they want to make it seem as if it's over some stupid guy. 
ain't really calling him stupid, but I'm just saying that's a stupid reason. And and they want to 